Ron, Ron just got tested uh, yesterday uh, for the COVID virus, and he's negative. He doesn't have it. And Sue as well. Sue as well. So they thank you guys for your prayers and for checking in on them. They've been getting a lot of messages, and I've been getting calls and passing that on. And, and uh, so thank you for that. Also, we have other people in the, in the church family who are, they feel like they're so close to being back to church, but they're in that process of getting their vaccines and doing that. And so uh, just pray for them as, as they begin to transition back to this place, because now we have, we're, we're, we're moving close to a new enemy, and the enemy is called complacency. And I want, to, I want to get you to, as a church body, be praying about this. Because you, for some people, church has been something they haven't been to for eight months or more. And uh, it's very easy to say, you know, uh, I think I could just watch it in my pajamas eating cereal. And that's not what God wants for us, right? He wants us to be a part. He wants us to be a part of the family, to share, to pray for one another and to encourage one another. So uh, uh, I, I want to go out to everyone who is in that place and let them know it's okay. It's okay to be a part here and to start coming back soon and when you're ready. So we're praying for you. Hey, we are, we are in part three of this series titled Growing Closer to God. And we've been looking at John chapter 15 John chapter 15. You know what I find so interesting is that as Christians, we have our own language. Do you know that? We have our own language. I've been a Christian for so long that I talk to people who are other Christians and we say things that make perfect sense to us. But to somebody outside looking in, they go, wow, those Christians, they have their own language. They say things that I'm not sure about. I mean, when I first became a Christian, I went to church, and you'll never believe this, Sherry, you'll never believe this. I went to church, and people were calling each other brother and sister. And I'm looking at this, and I'm going, what is that, what, what, what's that all about? Brother, this can't be a church full of everyone who's related as brothers and sisters. Well, they are in a certain way. But that is their language. You see, that's the Christian language. They talked about life groups and small groups. And, and I go, well, what is that? What group am I a part of? I don't know what that means. The, the pastor gives a message, and they call that a sermon. What does that mean? What is the, what, I, I don't understand that sermon word. There are words that we use all the time. I mean, in fact, the first time I went to church, the preacher was really like letting us have it. You know what I mean? Like he was really on fire and excited and people went, praise the Lord. And it almost was like they did it together. At the same time, they knew when to do that. Church was going on and people stood up at the same time. They sat down at the same time. And I'm standing there or sitting there trying to follow the guy next to me because I don't know the language. I don't know the rules. I don't know how things work. Christians have their own language. And here's what I'll tell you. If you're not a Christ follower yet, uh, 
a Christ follower or a Christian. See, there you go. Uh, if you're not a Christ follower yet, uh, you'll get to learn Christianese before long once you become part of the part of the group. Today's message, we're talking about something that the world says that Christians say that have two different meanings. Today's message is about the word, and I think it's in your notes, fruit, fruit. We're talking about fruit. Now the world says, well, fruit is easy. That's easy. I mean, that's not a hard thing. That's peaches, pears, apples, uh, maybe grapefruit, if you call that a fruit. But you know what I'm saying, right? Something like that. That's what that means. And we say, no, there's something called Christian fruit. Christian fruit. It, it, here's what it is. It is the result of actions that come out of the Christian life. Christian fruit. Stay with me if that doesn't make sense because it will as we're going through this. In this series, we've talked about how uh, uh, in John chapter 15, there are three things that were, were talked about. Uh, and, and one of those that we're talking about today is bearing fruit. The other one was uh, going through trials, right? We talked about how we're going to be doing that and how it's part of our lives. So let's just think about this thing called fruit because it's talked about many times in the New Testament. It's something that's talked about 60 times in the New Testament. Four out of five times that Jesus taught he referred to fruit in some way. It's really important for us to get this down because it's something that's so meaningful to Christ. It's something that he wants us to understand and he wants us to understand that he's the one that produces fruit in, in our lives. You see, uh, there, were, there were these three things I talked about and they were, the first message was about abiding that God was calling us to abide in him, to grow closer, to get connected to him. The second thing was pruning. And it was this idea of having discipline in our lives. And uh, we talked about that last week. And today we talk about this fruit and it all equals a closeness to God. And if we can walk in these ways, we can find ourselves growing closer, closer to him. So here's the question, how do you bear fruit? How does this fruit thing work? I mean, how does it appear in our lives? How does it even show, is it something that just shows up in us and we have nothing to do about it? I mean, do we, well, if we're abiding and we're allowing God to prune us, then fruit will appear in our lives. Well, what does it look like? Well, we're going to talk about what it looks like today, but we're going to talk it in, a, in a deeper way. Because God wants us to know that there's a purpose for all of this. And so I want us to pray before we go any further. Well, dear Lord, I just come to you this morning, Lord, asking for your guidance and your direction. I pray, Father, for every person who hears this message this morning that you would speak to their hearts, 
that you would speak through me today, that you would help me, Lord, to communicate what you want said. And Lord, in all things, we give you the glory for this time, for your word, and everything you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, this word fruit in our culture, like I said, has one meaning, and in our spiritual life, it means something else. Now, there's going to be three things that we're going to look at today, three things that has to do with this business of fruit. Uh, Jesus himself is teaching in this passage, and it's, he's talking about fruit and what it means to follow him. Now, the first thing that Jesus reveals to us could be seen as probably the most important one of all of the different things we're going to talk about, but not really because they're all important to what we're, what we're getting at today. Here's the first point in your notes. It is God's fruit in us. It is the result of staying connected to Jesus. See, the result of the fruit that we show comes as we stay connected to God, as we stay connected to Jesus, that as we walk with him, fruit will appear in our lives. And it's spoken about pretty plainly in John chapter 15, verse 4. Remain, that's the same word as abide, in me, and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Now you think about that and you go, well, that's, that's pretty basic. That makes sense. Here, Jesus talks about the physical fruit that the world talks about. And he also talks about two types of the two spiritual fruit that he wants to point out to us. See, he talks about these things called the branches and the vines and, and that type of thing. Now, it's important to stay connected to the vine. Uh, in Arizona, we, we uh, for those of you who are watching from other places, we have fruit trees, but we have like orange trees and lemon trees and and what's that other kind? Grapefruit trees, right? Grapefruit trees. Uh, if you don't know this, I don't like grapefruit by now. But I don't, I'm not a grapefruit fan. Anyway, uh, we have grapefruit trees. Now, what would happen if you cut a branch off and then you dug a hole in the ground and you put the branch in the ground and poured water to it? What do you think would happen? Uh, nothing. Nothing would happen. Because the branch is dead. It's cut off from the vine. If you and I are going to grow spiritual fruit in our lives, it will only come as we're connected to him, through abiding in him, through allowing him to prune us by disciplining us in our lives. Last week, we said he disciplines us in two ways. You remember what that was? One was teaching, and the other one was correcting. Sometimes it takes both. God is always trying to teach us, but sometimes it also takes correction 
to be part of that. The important thing to remember from last week is that the correction of God is not for the purpose of punishing us, it's for the purpose of making us better, for making us grow in his likeness. So if we're not careful, uh, we can find ourselves in a place where uh, we think that we're being punished when things are going wrong, when God is going to use that to make us better. Um, we're going to define today um, these free, and we're going to talk about that in a second, because many times Christ followers are about accomplishing things, wanting to see things happen. We want to see things happen, and if we're not careful, you know what happens? It's easy for me to take credit for something that happened, and here's, here's kind of a fast forward to the end. Uh, the only thing I could take credit for was is trying to follow what God said. Because he gets the glory for all things. He's the one that deserves our praise. He's the one that does all things. And you and I, uh, in ourselves, can do nothing. And so uh, there are people that will go, wow, that's amazing, you did an amazing thing. And your answer is not to be, uh, well, thank you. I, I know that I, I am pretty amazing. No, the answer should be, God gets the glory for this. I don't. Praise him, right? So uh, it's about this business of walking in his way and giving him the glory. The second thing Jesus teaches us is this. When fruit is evident, it reveals we are his followers. When people see fruit in you, it reveals who we belong to. In John 15, 8, it says this. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit. And then I underline this. Showing yourself to be my disciples. The second thing and the second reason or purpose for fruit is to show uh, yourself as a disciple of his, that you're a Christ follower, that you're walking in his way, that this is, this is why you are the way you are. I knew a guy that I worked with. Um, he was kind of a few of us were friends. And some of us were Christians and some weren't. Well, uh, one of my friends, one of these guys came over to me and said, hey, did you, uh, did you get a chance to talk to Mike? And I said, Mike? I said, what, what's going on there? And his little child was very sick. And, and so I said, no, I didn't talk to Mike. He goes, well, there's something really bad. And I says, what's really bad? He says, well, Mike's child is very, very sick, and um, he's joyful. He's fine. He's walking around like nothing's wrong. You need to talk to him. Because I wasn't Pastor Andy yet, but I was going to be Pastor Andy. And so I said, well, Mike is okay. 
The reason why Mike is the way he is is because he's trusting God in this. He goes, I think you should talk to him. I said, no, Mike is okay. Because I know Mike and I know this. And he says, okay, I'll talk to him. Well, he goes and talks to him and he comes back. And Mike evidently shared Christ with him when he went to see, hey, what's wrong with you? You know, And he told him that, that God was in control of this and he wasn't. His child became, was okay, by the way. That's the moral of that story. But he, he said that he really felt in his spirit that, that God was in control of this and that he was going to be okay. Well, this guy, who was both of our friends, said, okay, I talked to him and he's got it bad. He's not facing the truth. I'm going to keep an eye on him. When you are a Christ follower, people are keeping their eye on you. Everything that you do, no matter what it is, people are looking to see how are you going to respond. You see, there's two things, two ways to look at this. The way God looks at us and the way man looks at us. I mean, with God, it's about belief and then fruit. Belief is the number one thing to God. Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God? Do you accept him as your Lord and Savior? That's the main thing. And then as you're walking in that and growing in that, God produces fruit in your life. But to the world, do you know something? I know it sounds funny, but it's totally opposite. The world wants to see the fruit and then they want to see what you believe. Because here's what people say. You know, I've had people say anything to me, but I really know that they believe by how they act. I really want to see the way they act before I'm willing to see what they have to say. How, what they believe. I mean, lip service is free. People say a lot of things, and, and that's just what happens. I mean, uh, I've known people, tell me if you ever had this conversation. I know people who are Christians, and then they do this. I think that's in quotes, right? Christians, they say they're Christians, but then they do this, and then they, go, they go start making a list of the things that they do wrong. Right? If they were Christians, then they want to share Christ with me, and I know them. I know how they live. I know who they are. You see, to the world, they don't care what you believe until they see how your life is transformed. When they see a transformed life, then can you explain to me the reason for that transformation, why you are the way you are? That is the perfect place. And it's important for us to understand because that's how culture operates. And if we're going to ever reach the people in our culture, it's going to be because of the way we first show our lives as transformed. Then it will open the door to show the rest. But look at what it says in First John, John chapter 5, verses 10 and 11. Here's what it says. 
because God wants to tell us about this belief and then fruit. Whoever believes in the Son of God accepts this testimony. Whoever does not believe God has made him out to be a liar because they have not believed the testimony God has given about his Son. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Now go to verse 13. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know. What's that word underlined there? Know. You may know that you have eternal life. See, this is between you and God. This belief system is between you and God. You can't earn your way. See how I'm saying all these different things? You can't earn your way to heaven. It only comes through a belief in him. And the world says, well, let me see it in you. But God says, believe first. And I will show in you. So for others in the world, it's fruit and then belief. Here's something to back that up. John 13, 35. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That love business is one of the fruit. See, if you love one another. Look how Jesus says it in Matthew 7, 19 through 20. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then, you will know them by their fruit. See, when it comes to your neighbors, uh, they will really want to know about God when they see God transform your life. When you allow him to work through you. That's how it operates. That's how it works. It's the reverse order from God. But that's how the world operates. God produces the fruit, and God cares about belief first and fruit second. Man cares about fruit first and belief second. And the only question is, is what is the fruit? How do I know if I have it? Do I have fruit? When God was passing out the fruit, did he skip me? Because, friends, listen, if you're in Christ today, he's producing fruit in your life. You just might not recognize it. You may not see it. In the Bible, that word fruit is 66 times uh, in the New Testament. And uh, it comes to us in 56 verses. That's a lot of times fruit is said in a small amount of verses. So there are three areas for gathering fruit. Three things that we need to focus on. First, it's increasing spiritual thirst. It's an increasing spiritual thirst. I'm going to talk about these in detail as I go after I go through this. Second, it's an outward moral behavior that produces fruit. 
And third, it's internal relational traits. That's the third thing. So think about those categories. Because in all 66 occurrences, uh, it talks about these three categories. You can put them together yourself. If you go and look up fruits, you'll be able to put them in these different orders. So think about the category first, increasing spiritual thirst. It, look what it says in Hebrews 13, 15. Hebrews 13, 15. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly professes his name. Let me ask you, in your day-to-day -day life, is that fruit continually seen in your life? Are you a person who praises God all the time? Are you a person that gives him the glory all the time? You know what I mean. We live in a crazy world that, that people want to take uh, credit for something that God does. And uh, we, we just do that. We try to build ourselves up. We make ourselves idols. And we do those things. And that's not what God is looking for us to do. You see... We need to walk in a way where we're continually praising him. You have to have this desire to know him more, a passion to speak more. It, we have to increase this thirst. It's really funny to me because I think I've said this before in past services. But you know what's amusing to me is that someone who comes to Christ finds themselves in a place where they're on fire for God. Now, they don't know much about God, but they're on fire for God, right? And then you have the person that's been a Christian for 10, 20, 30, or whatever, name a number of years, and they know a lot about God. God has worked in their lives, has done so many things in their lives, and you know what happens? They're not on fire for God anymore. How does that happen? It should be the other way around. The person that is just becoming a Christian should go, okay, I'm just excited to learn more about God and what he has for me in my life. And the one who's been having God deliver them time after time, year after year, I mean, friends, I know that there are people who are hearing this message today that are only standing because God has delivered them throughout the years. Amen? We have to throw those Christian words in every once in a while because it goes with the message. You see, we have to have this. Look at, look at what um, it, it says here um, about King David. It's, a, it's in Psalms 42.1. It says this, As the deer pants for a stream of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. You see, if you have this in you, this, this fire in you, you will know that you can't help but share who God is in your life. You can't help but do that. If you and I find ourselves in a place where we're moving away from that, maybe our connection needs to be 
improve. Maybe we have to grow a little stronger. Maybe we have to do some things like seeking him more uh, because there's becoming a disconnect. Not a going to hell or heaven disconnect, but having this growing in our relationship with him impact. Uh, here's the second one that outward moral behavior. Outward moral behavior. I just assumed skip that one. Because this is the one that says, okay, I hear you saying that. Are you acting that way? Uh, I, I did a sermon years ago. If you have a chance, go back on the, uh, on the website and look for the one that's called Actions Speak Louder Than Words. Because uh, it talks about actions speaking louder than words, that, that we can say anything we want, but are we actually living it? Are we doing that? There was a there was a, a old pastor friend of mine who passed away now, um, who who used to say, when he would talk to people about Christ, they'd say, "I don't want to go to church. I'm okay with Jesus, but I don't want to go to church because you know why? Church is full of a bunch of what do you think the word the next word is? Sinners, hypocrites, hypocrites. They say one thing and they do another, you know." And he even preached a message like this, which was quite interesting. He says, he says uh, if I told everyone, and I'm going to talk about this Wednesday night, so if you listen to Wednesday, act like it's the first time you're hearing it. Uh, uh, if someone said to you, next Sunday, everyone who comes to church uh, who is a hypocrite will be killed by God, he said, his church was really big. He said, he said, we wouldn't have any trouble with parking cars in the parking lot. In fact, he says, Andy, I might ask you to preach for me that Sunday. You know, because he wouldn't want to be there. Isn't that interesting how we, do, we think about that, we do that, but how is our outward compared to our inward? See, here's what you need to know. Every time a person, let me drink this water, overcomes an addiction with God's help, they're showing fruit in their life. Every time you speak the truth with God's help, you're displaying fruit in your life. Uh, every time you remain sexually pure with God's help, you're showing who's God in your, who God is in your life. Every time you are generous with your finances, with God's help, you're showing principles that God has taught you. Uh, he says that these things are the things that are like bearing fruit in your life. You're, you're displaying these fruit in your life. I don't know if I read this or not, but it's Matthew 3, 8. Here's what it says. Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Re produce fruit with, with, uh, with keeping with repentance. When you and I are walking through life and we're repentive about the lack in our lives, the things that we're doing wrong, it doesn't mean that you and I don't make mistakes. We don't have moments when we, we don't mess up. I have to tell you, 
that in my house right now, my house looks like a cyclone hit it. It looks like there was a tornado that came through because we've had carpet for 25 years and that we're, we're getting rid of the carpet once and for all. Uh, we, we got rid of the carpet and I looked at the carpet and the carpet went, because it was just tired. But my house looks like a dust bowl. And, uh, and people are doing stuff and there's noise going on and there's hammering and there's all of this. And I'm Pastor Andy. So I've got to be loving Pastor Andy. Is it okay if I put your new dining room, your dining room table on the front lawn? No. You know what I'm saying? Can I, can I scratch your refrigerator? No, but they did it anyway. They scratched the refrigerator anyway. You know, all of these things are happening. And what fruit am I producing? I have to tell you that, and I've said this before, when it comes to business, I'm pretty serious. And I'm like, okay, don't be doing this. And, I, and, and I'm pretty firm about it. You know, in, the, in most things. But sometimes I think God says, you can be a little softer in this. You know what I mean, Andy? Because then when I'm done, I'm like, look, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. And I find myself apologizing for something that, darn it, they did it wrong. You know what I mean? You get, you get the point, right? So in this message, I'm not saying that God wants us to be absolutely perfect to grow fruit because because the fruit that we that grows in us comes from him and when we go through things well then he's going to teach me something through this when we make mistakes he's going to teach us through those things so it's not about being holier than thou because that's not what we're about and that's not uh, what god wants from us philippians 1:11 says this filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. We're talking about living a transformed life the best we can by abiding in him, by allowing him to, to prune us, by cutting away the impurities, by disciplining us, by teaching us, by correcting us. And when we do those things, it allows us to produce fruit. And so the way we produce fruit the most is by increasing our spiritual thirst. We need to want more of him. And we need to figure out how to do that. You know, reading our Bibles are not, is not something we have to do. It's something we get to do. We get to hear from God. Every time you open that word up, that's God speaking to you. When we do that, we should be on fire for that. When we find ourselves in a place where we're praying, we have to say, okay. We can't say, okay, I guess I should pray now. No. We get to talk to God, the creator of all things. We find ourselves in a place where we should be on fire to talk to God. Listen, in my, in my spiritual walk, I'll tell you this. Prayer is my deal. That's my thing. I read, 
I study, of course, I have to study, and I, uh, I study and I read, but look, when it comes to prayer, that's my personal time with God. I have to tell you that, that I want to encourage you to be thinking about that because he doesn't want these five-minute, two-minute, okay, God, thanks. He wants to know you. He wants to hear your voice. And so uh, we have to increase our spiritual thirst. We have to, we have to live transformed lives on the outwardly. And then we have to do the third thing, this internal relational trait. Now let me say something about that. Some people do a tremendous job in cleaning up the outside of their life. There are so many people who, especially in our world as Christ followers, that from the outside you think they've never had any troubles at all. They have the perfect, they are as godly a people as I've ever seen. And then the, they go outside and they throw furniture around. You know what I'm saying? They, 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 they're crazy. They're out of control. And you go, listen, God cares about the outward because we've said that. But he cares about what's happening inside. If you find yourself or you know somebody who is always hysterical, always flying off the handle, always upset, you think, boy, that's really terrible that that guy is like that. But what you really need to think is what is happening inside. My Bible says that uh, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And if I find myself in this place all the time, and I'm talking about myself, and you talk about yourself, if we find ourselves in this place where we're easily flying off the handle, Something's amiss. Something is wrong. Because, man, I started looking at those fruits, and there, there's something called, like, peace. And if I'm screaming all the time, I'm not very peaceful. There's something called patience, which I just as soon uh, get my pencil and erase that out of, the, out of the Bible, right? Because peace, patience, right? Uh, uh, these things are, are part of this. And friends, those are signs for us to understand, okay, God, I get it. There's something wrong. Either I'm not trusting you in this or I'm taking it away from you and I'm trying to resolve something that you have control over. James 3.17 says this, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, and good fruits. It's something that's sincere. Here's a point in your notes. And we find ourselves struggling. We find ourselves in these difficult times. 
We need to balance patience with resolve. We need to balance this out. Growing closer to God is not a sprint, it's a marathon. You see, you and I are sometimes led to believe that as soon as you accept Christ, your life has changed forever. That you're perfect. Everything's good now. That's it. Your troubles are over. Right? You ever think that? I mean, people think that when they first come to Christ, especially some, uh, uh, well, some messages I've seen, uh, you're led to believe, accept Christ and you'll never have any trouble ever again. And then you walk out the door and five minutes later you have trouble. And you know what that makes you think? I didn't get it. I didn't get saved. God is not with me because I'm, I'm battling. I have this going on. I have that going on. And what God wants us to understand is that we have to be patient. We have to be a little bit patient and that what he's trying to teach us is something that's going to come over time, not something that's going to all happen overnight. And so I don't care if you're hearing this message today and you're, you're 10 years old or you're 100 years old. See, God is working in our lives. Do you know when God is done teaching and correcting us, he's done when we go home to see him face to face? Until then, it's our job to grow in a passionate way towards him, to walk in his way. So friends, here's how the series ends. If you and I this year are going to grow closer to God, it's going to happen when you and I make a decision that we're going to abide in him. We're going to remain in him. We're going to allow him to do his work in us. I always, I, I'm always reminded of that every time I'm driving down the road and there are construction workers because there's always these signs that say under construction. We should all have Christian shirts that say under construction because God is always at work in us. And then the second thing is we need to expect pruning. We need to expect God's discipline in our lives because he's doing it for our good. And so when you and I find ourselves in these battles, it doesn't mean that God put it on us, but it does mean that he's going to take that opportunity to use it for your good. And then the third thing is this. We need to look for fruit that God will put in our lives. It's okay for us to see that. It's okay for us to look for that. If you're saying, I don't know what fruit I have, then I want to encourage you to go back and look at the fruit of the Spirit. Look and see what that is. And then, you know what, do this. When you read that, why don't you just take a little notepad and write down the ones that you have in your life. And then put a line across it and put down the ones that you don't have. Because God wants to produce more and more fruit for us in our lives. And sometimes... He has to cut us down a little bit in order to grow more fruit. Friends, that's the message. I hope you got something out of this series. Next week, we're going to talk about something that's interesting. And it's called, I Forgot.
I forgot. Sometimes you and I have to be reminded about who we are in Christ. Because you know what happens? I forget. And so do you. And so you join us for that three-part series. And believe it or not, we're leading up to Easter. April 4th. Easter's coming April 4th. So those of you who are watching, those of you who are here, we do a special service on Easter the same way we do on Christmas, where we have a little preaching, a little music, a little video, a little this, a little that. Uh, you don't want to miss that. Um, maybe you're watching today and you don't know the language. You don't know the language because you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Well, we never want to leave a service without giving you an opportunity to ask him to come into your life. And I want to invite you now to ask Jesus to come into your life. Those of you who are here today, if, you, if you, you've made this confession before, if you'll repeat after me and, and uh, we can ask, let help people to ask Jesus to come into their life. Just repeat after me. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I repent of my sins. I accept you now as my personal Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen.